Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. All right, good morning, everyone. We are coming to you live from Studio 6 here at Smash Studios in Hudson Yards as Good Morning New York gets underway on this Tuesday morning. At this hour, the New York State Legislature recently passed the Housing Stability and Tenant Protection Act of 2019, which includes significant amendments to many laws, including but not limited to the Rent Stabilization Law, the Rent Control Law, the Real Property Law, and the Real Property Actions and Proceedings Law. No wonder why everybody gets so confused. The General (laughs) Obligations Law and the General Business Law. This act has far-reaching implications that will affect all of New York City real estate owners to varying degrees. While we are still digesting the effects of this new legislation, we must understand where we are. So we're going to break that down. Uh, for the ne- in the next hour. Also at this hour, New Yorkers have a reputation for being generally unfriendly uh, as a bunch. New York City consistently tops the list of cities with the rudest residents, but also the most stylish. So how unfriendly <laughs> are we and how do we compare to other cities around the nation? We will look at a recent survey and the answer may surprise you. But first, I'd like to welcome my listeners in the United States and around the world I am Vince Rocco, and this is Good Morning New York Real Estate. In the news this morning, the Wall Street Journal reports that the city's Taxi and Limousine Commission voted last Wednesday to extend the cap for higher vehicles licenses for one more year uh, and reduce the time drivers uh, can travel without passengers. The cap on licenses, the first of its kind in the country, was first introduced last year as part of a pilot program aimed at regulating the growing for-hire vehicle industry as well as reducing traffic and pollution. Uh, Cranes reported in June this year that Facebook was considering a lease for 1 million square feet of office space at 50 Hudson Yards, but the latest news from sources close to the deal indicate that the social media company will scoop up an even bigger footprint. Facebook apparently is negotiating a lease for 1.5 million square feet across several Hudson Yards properties, with some sources saying that number could expand to 1.8 million square feet. An Upper West Side condo board is suing to block the city's Department of Transportation from installing a protected bike lane along Central Park West. Yeah, you see, I get what I what I ask for sometimes <laughs> on the show. The suit was filed by members of 25 Central Park West Residential Board in Manhattan Supreme Court late Tuesday and argues that the Department of Transportation is violating state law because it did not conduct a thorough inve- environmental review before approving the protected path that would run between 59th and 110th Street. Currently, the street has a painted northbound lane. But the Department of Transportation has failed uh, to study the inevitable impact on traffic and the community of the elimination of 400 parking spaces effectively shielding the proposed project from public review or comment as mandated by the environmental laws. So the suit claims the bike lane won the support of Manhattan Community Board 7 after months of heated debate, chiefly over the loss of parking and a raucous July meeting that culminated in an advisory vote approving the city plans. Of course, more on that as we find, uh, as we see more stories coming through. Generation Z, that's the 18 to 24-year-olds who are entering the age bracket for first-time home buying, is the first generation in American history with a preference for buying homes in the culturally diverse neighborhoods, according to a recent Homes.com survey. Polling more than 1,000 young adults in the Gen Z age bracket, the survey is the first to examine how Gen Z and millennial habits 
differ across several fa- uh, facets of home buying. The survey found that 58% of future Gen Z home buyers prefer a diverse community compared to uh, 12% who prefer a homogenous um, neighborhood. Gen Z's commitment to diversity has Im- uh, important ramifications for natural housing policy, cross-cultural enrichment, and the evolution of a post-racial definition of the American dream. Generation Z is more multicultural than ever before with demogra- uh, demogra- demographics excuse me, that include the largest percentage of Hispanics and non-Hispanic blacks at 22% and 15% respectively. That's interesting because uh, the millennial uh, group, everybody thought was going to be the first group to jump in and purchase. But of course, as we talk about on this program, so and we all those millennials. Know, well, you know, they're holding on to their money, we think, because sure. they wanted, they'd they rather travel, they'd rather mm-hmm. buy gadgets and things and, and have, Because you know, tomorrow we die. Because tomorrow we die. I guess that's the way you look at it. But, yeah, you know, I don't know. Yeah, and, and sure. The, and the, but they're putting all of their life decisions off until, you know, way into their 30s. In some cases, uh, end of 30. But we'll see how that. Gas poor. So ancient. Th- that plays out. <laughs> well, listen, you know, um, they, I always say there's something in it for everybody. So let's see how they make out. Sure. But it's interesting, though, how Gen Z, much younger, 18 to 24-year-olds, are already thinking about the future and thinking about what their housing need is going to they're be. They're meant so, to be the more conservative generation again, right? Like I, almost to throw back. Fun fact, they're meant to I be can, the next 35% of renters in, uh, all across the board in the next few years. Really? To Gen Z. Yeah. Interesting. So, well, th- there you go. So if you said uh, it right, it must be true. It's. I think it's the next three or four years or so. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's all it's all out there to see, uh, and I'm 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 curious because I was not so, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but I'm not was not, never impressed with the millennial group as real estate buyers or renters or whatever. It's just it's something that they were not interested in. As they're getting older, hopefully that changes. But let's see what Gen Z does. You want to say something? Yeah, sure. I mean, Gen Z is a, is a whole different beast. Um, just looking at their behaviors and so forth. When it comes to real estate, they're renting versus owning, moving to the cities versus the suburbs. Um, and really want flexibility, right? They want it now and they want to be able to do whatever they want, which is kind of the topic of this podcast. But um, flexibility is key for them. So, you know, they're willing to move, they're willing to travel um, and not locking into home ownership. Uh, we're starting to see those trends. But let me ask you something. So while we're still on this topic, so what changes that for that group of, of folk? I mean, what, what changes that or that- at what point does that change? I mean, we probably don't know that, but... I mean, you have to remember how they how Gen Z got their information, right? They they were not a digital internet age like millennial. They were a mobile only age, right? They grew up with a supercomputer in their pocket, so they've always had kind of the influence of content at their fingertips. So if you look at Gen Z's shopping behavior habits and things along those lines, you know they trust their community and their social presence uh, actually just as much as they just as much as they trust like their parents or their peers. What's priority for them? Experiencing. Experience. Yeah. Instagram likes. Yeah. Instagram yes, likes. Absolutely. You can't live your life like that. It's so exhausting, Instagram yeah. likes. But he, but he's but no, it's but it's true. On. It's true. Yeah, I mean uh, they also I mean as we're talking about, you know, rent control and so forth. They also happen to have the worst credit uh, in the space. So if you look at like the entire population of Gen Z and millennial, which is like 18 to 34, there's uh, a little over 80 million people in that group. Um, 
about half of them have a FICO score less than 600. It's actually the worst Why? of any generation uh, come uh, that we've ever seen. And the reason for that? Uh, it's a combination of a few things. I mean, you have uh, student loan debt that is hurting uh, FICO scores. You have the ability to the a large percentage of these folks that are going to uh, college that never did before. Um, and on top of that, that it's more about social responsibility. Um, unfortunately, those boomers ruined it for all the uh, Gen Not Z and millennials. Not paying your credit card bills doesn't sound like social responsibility, actually. Well, you know. Uh, <laughs> just saying. I'm, I'm, Gen X I'm here just weighing in. Sorry. Anyway, back to you, Vince. <laughs> Jenna, no, listen, I agree. All right, listen, we have a very important show today. We're going to talk about the new rent laws, Housing Stability and Tenant Protection Act of 2019, as I said at the top of the show. And we have several guests here today. Uh, the first one is Brandon Babel. He's a sales manager at Elegrin Real Estate here in New York City. He was born in New York City. He inherited the characteristics of a multicultural environment by learning to connect with a diverse group of individuals. Brandon has developed strong interpersonal skills that allow him to see value from anyone's perspective the simple concept of caring is the secret to brandon's ability to find his customers not just an apartment condo or co-op but most importantly a home i couldn't agree with you more on that one when asked what he loves most about real estate he said i work day and night for one uh moment that moment i leave my client in their new home with the biggest smile on their face knowing that i was able to find a home for a client is what keeps me in real estate and boy i got to tell you something that that is so so absolutely spot right on i've said that for you my bio but you know what (laughs) the business follows i took it right from your bio but listen one number is that in there no, None. no, we don't talk about that stuff anyway. All right. So next we have Ryan Solinger. He is Thank the Solinger. He is the director of business development and Adam uh, Mesakow. I always get that wrong. Chief growth officer, and they work for Leap. And Leap is committed to making the rental process easy for both renters and property owners. They believe in access, access to great apartments, and to great renters without the limitations of high move-in fees or parental co-signers. Their goal is to get renters the apartment they want without breaking the bank. The LEAP lease program helps landlords expand their tenant pool by delivering more qualified tenants. The service is paid for by the renter uh, and guarantees you complete rental amount for the uh, length of the lease upon default. They will pay the rent when it's due until the apartment is filled, keeping you whole. I mean, that is a fantastic concept, (laughs) and we've talked about this. By the way, they've been on the show before, so we've talked about this before. It makes sense. And I want to know from you guys, before we get into this whole um, you know, rent regulation stuff, give us an update on the company. Give us an update of where you are. You've, you're in business a couple of years now, a few years. Yeah, sure. So I'll give you an update. I think it was about a year, a little less than a year ago when we were on the show. But we'll fast forward kind of where we are today. Um, here in New York, uh, we're working with most of the large institutional property owners here in New York City. Um, some of those folks that are our partners, such as KRE, Durst, Dermot, Lightstone, uh, Graystar, Bazudo, etc. Um, we are currently in the inventory pool that uh, we are able to uh, kind of guarantee. We're, we're now about 90,000 units in New York and about half a million units nationally, which is uh, which has been great growth, uh, and the team has put a lot of time into it. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. I mean, we've seen tremendous growth in the business. We've also seen how this rent reform that is like unlike any other has really changed uh, landlords, managers, and owners' behavior um, that might have been very hesitant to use a service like this in the past. Um, I mean, they are, they're very handcuffed, and we'll talk about that today in the show, 
Um, and we're all about kind of increasing occupancy and, and really about increasing the financial performance of their assets. Before we go to break, you, you mentioned you're, you're at about 90,000 units. So just give the audience an example of or, or a stat on how many units are actually out there in New York City. Uh, I mean, there's millions of multifamily units. If you look at free market rate versus uh, stabilized units, um, I believe there's more than 3 million units here. Wow. It, just just, the, new, the new act's going to affect about 2.1, The new act's going to affect about 2.1 or 2.2 million. But that's in, including all the boroughs exactly. and so forth. All right, we're going to leave it there for a minute. A Coming lot. back after the break, we're going to talk more about the new rent laws. Uh, but first, this is Good Morning New York on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We will be right back after these messages, so don't go away. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Okay, everybody, we are back, and we are here also with Sean McPeak from Halstead and Tracy Hammersley from Douglas Elliman, and we're going to talk about, you know, the Housing Stability Act, but before we do that, I want to just get a quick little more information from the LEAP guys here. So, for the listeners out there who potentially are interested in, you know, using your services to secure their first apartment rental, their second apartment rental, whatever it is, you know, what are the benefits with, you know, for them when partnering with leap your company what do they get out of it yes i mean in layman terms yeah i mean we try to make the process really simple right i think if 
if anyone asks, you know, you go into, if you, anyone walked into a bar and saw a bunch of young Gen Z's, um, or as we call like Gen Zers, um, they're <laughs> sitting in the bar and you ask them, how was it when you rented your first apartment? <clears throat> uh, I would say nine out of 10 of them would tell you it's a pretty bad experience all around. And I think, um, our goal is really to make that process a lot more seamless. So really the value that we provide is we pre-approve our tenants. They come to us, um, they come to us and apply. It takes five minutes. It's free. Um, we give them a credit enhancement that doesn't exist in the marketplace today. So that enhancement allows them um, to shop at a maximum rent amount um, that we underwrite them to. And then they can essentially go shopping or with our help or with our brokerage community help, um, we can essentially help them find their next home or their first home, in this case, um, where they wouldn't normally qualify. In layman's terms, really, we're an insurance agency. That's the bottom line. So right. people are hiring us to pay an insurance premium for us to guarantee and co-sign the lease. They don't have a rich uncle in the neighborhood or they're, if they're a foreign national or a student, for example. They sort of need us or will be recommended by a, to, by a real estate broker. So it's really customer service and it's providing a, an inexpensive, very moderately expensive. You know, Are there any moderate. specific requirements needed before they can sign up with your yeah, organization? Yeah, we have to vet them. So they just submit their docs via mobile, the, the mobile, um, you know, uploader. And so whether it be, uh, you know, a student visa, if they're a foreign national, for example, or other miscellaneous documents to guarantee their income, uh, they can e- we can easily vet them quickly and but we, give them. Uh, we a, look at all different aspects. So we look at ability to pay. That's really our core um, aspect of underwriting. And that could be whether it be assets, they could be a student, they could have student loans, they could be international with foreign assets. We look at really their ability to pay. And that's how we underwrite. At the same time, as I talked about earlier, you know, there's a lot of young professionals that actually have a good job or they coming to the city for the first time um, and they either have no credit or have bad credit because they made some mistakes when they were younger. Um, and I'm only talking in a few years, 18 to you know 22. Um, that's where we come in and we're, we're there to help them. And we, ha- we know they have the ability to pay, but they made some mistakes in the past where landlords aren't willing to take that risk. So um, we, we are willing to take that risk and give the benefit to the consumer and to the landlord. On the sales side, you know, we always pre-qualify our clients before we actually even take them out to make sure that they can, you know, secure a commitment, not a commitment letter, but a, a qualification letter from a banker. So we know that we're not wasting our time. So on the on the rental side of things, do can these folks get pre-qualified even before they find an apartment? Can they go out yeah. and say, Ryan or Adam, I, uh, you know, here's my letter, here's my whatever, I'm, you know, I'm pre-qualified, and then do you guys put them through a pre-qualified process? Yeah, it's parallel to getting pre-approved for a mortgage in a way, because a lot of these folks know that they need a co-signer for whatever challenge they have yeah. on their on their profile, their their financial profile. So uh, once they get pre-approved, there's a platform then that can open up with all of our vacancies where we're pre-approved at and partnered with. And so they can go there and tell the leasing office that we're with Leap. Oh, they say, oh, we're partnered with Leap. We accept them. We co-sign the lease. We do the deal together. And it's really quite, it's quite seamless. I mean, from a pre-approval standpoint, a lot of folks come to us and get pre-approved really to understand where they can shop. Also, you know, we see a lot of folks that need this service. They know they're going to need this service, whether they're a student oh, yeah, or they're an international and they have no credit and they've been warned that they're going to need a guarantor, they come to us and get pre-approved automatically to understand what the, how much it's going to cost, um, what the, what's their maximum rent amount. Um, 
so they're ready to go, especially on the luxury side. You know, these people are coming from international. They don't have a lot of time. Some of these folks are coming here renting five, six, seven, eight, ten thousand dollar apartments mm-hmm. sight on scene. And, you know, sometimes they're moving their family if they're expats. They want to really make sure the process is seamless. We're going to talk about expats a little later on when we talk about the rent regulations. But one last question here. What is the rental access program and, and why is that important? Yes. I mean, the rental access program is really our multifamily main product, right? It is the product that you come in and get pre-approved and then we give you access to all of these different apartments across New York City. And that access that we give is more than what a landlord would give today. So, you know, typically landlords in New York City underwrite to 40 times the rent. Um, they're looking for, you know, from an income perspective, they're typically looking for 700 or, or higher FICO in some buildings. I think the lowest that most will underwrite to is, you know, 680, 650. Um, and as this new generation of renter comes in, they don't always have that. And if you're international, you don't even have any credit. So then you need a guarantor. And the access that we provide is really the uh, ability for you to go shopping and at a maximum rent amount. All right, moving on to the topic of the day. The New York State Legislature recently passed the Housing Stability and Tenant Protection Act of 2019. This act has far-reaching implications that will affect all New York City real estate owners and landlords to varying degrees. So let's talk about how many of the sweeping changes are now in effect. I mean, a lot of people are asking me, oh, you know, over the course of the last month or so, when does this take effect? Guys, it's already taken effect. So we're in it and we got to <laughs> deal with it. Ironically, on my birthday. There you go. Uh, 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 happy birthday. You, it's one thing that I would never forget, especially when a client asks. So oh, June 14th. Uh, happy I mean, birthday. I think, I think the market's been feeling the effects for, for, sure. for over a year. I mean, yeah. the multifamily sales market has been relatively stalled. Um, you know, for the majority of this year, uh, you're, you're seeing it trickle down into the residential market as well. And we got a few tax surprises as well this year. So it's been, it's so been, gosh. um, policy year. We've been getting, we've been getting rocked on policy this year. Um, Thank you, Albany. Yeah. Albany is the, there's also, you know, cases floating around the federal courts as well with regards to commissions and stuff. So, uh, there's no shortage of bad news in 2019, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think they'll create opportunities like the lead guys here. You know, they're seeing an opportunity. I'm sure it's changing your business a little bit as well. But the security deposit issue, I think that affects us. I know that affects my business immediately. Yeah. So. And, you know, one of one of the things, you know, people are carrying on about how, you know, 2019 has really uh, kind of got their hands in our pocket. I call it the Thank 2019, you, man, you know, hand yeah. uh, with all these rules and all these law changes and, and all these potential other things coming down the pipe with, with commissions and stuff. But yeah. we've got to keep a really close eye on what the rest of this year is going to bring for us. But in the interim, we've got a lot of issues with, with renting. Okay. And as one of our panel members always loves more. to say, this is still more a rental market in New York City than a sales market. People 67% really lose light of that. Yeah. That's right. It's always a very been. big, yeah. it, it always has been and it will always be. Not everybody needs to buy, wants to buy, or could buy. So, you know, you've got a lot of. It's very transient, and there are people in and out, and so the rental market is always going to be that way. But anyway, let's talk a little bit about security deposits, okay? <laughs> because uh, that seems to have been a big you know, red light, glaring light sure. on this whole new regulation. Yeah. 
that was always something that you could count on if you had someone that had, you know, questionable credit or, um, you know, new to their job, didn't have a guarantor, you could get extra rent paid up front and then additional security deposit. I mean, we used to do first two months, last two months, two to four months security if anyone, you know, couldn't pay the whole year up front, but we wouldn't normally have using the, the generally accepted standards to approve someone, approve them for the apartment and that's gone. Yeah. I mean, some of our partners today, I mean, I know specific large buildings in New York City that were anywhere from 80 to 90% prepaid rent, which means sure. they took zero, yeah. almost the landlord took literally zero NOI risk on that asset. Mm-hmm. Um, and with this change and, and going into effect, you know, they're coming, they're trying to come up with solutions and not being able to not only collect prepaid rent, which you could never do on, on the stabilized product anyways, but on the, on the free market uh, aspect. But now, not being able to take extra security is a real risk problem for the landlord. And we, and we still don't know what the eviction process is going to look like because oh this, this is a, yeah. it's going to be, we know, all we know is it's going to be more difficult. Mm-hmm. And you know, now with, with limiting the amount of security they can take and increasing the risk, Landlords are weary and they need solutions uh, in order to increase their occupancy and maintain the certain financial performance that a lot of these either family uh, businesses are, are held accountable to. Or, you know, here in New York, there are plenty of assets that are owned by large publicly traded REITs. I am, of course, not an attorney, but there is a way around that. We actually did this one time many, many years ago with a rent-stabilized apartment, and it's something that is applicable here. You can take a separate line of credit. To the best of my understanding, there is no prohibition about this. You can pay the full year up front, hold it in a separate line of credit account that is then paid out each month, and so there is that extra yeah. security. And, and some, land, and some landlords do that, and it's usually through Signature Bank. They're the only one that really has this product. Um, it's kind of a really weird workaround. At the same time, I, I can almost guarantee you that you know the legislators put this law into effect to protect the renters and any oh, product, to the renters. any product yeah. that ha- is looking to go around the renters, whether that be some kind of escrow payment or mm-hmm. some kind of weird um, you know holding company that's paying you know the landlord. I can guarantee you the legislators are not going to like that because it's they not. But who cares? You know, it's really interesting to me. How, <laughs> they, they won't like it. I don't I care. I hope you're listening. Yeah, it is. It's a mutual beneficial Correct. agreement, though. You know, because when you have international people that are coming into the states, that may be their only option. So yeah, it's, it's not, not like, a shakedown. It's, it's not like you're correct, and they expect that. They don't want it, like right. in a typical law that you have. They're, so they're they're making it unattainable it's, it's as a rent. Um, I, I I think there's just so many different facets to these laws that have been so poorly thought out. Uh, Amen. Yeah. I mean, the, the I mean, like re- we mentioned, there weren't any real estate. No, it was just done. Cuomo passes. signed it without even reading no, it. It's not. unacceptable. I mean, no, this this law was designed to keep everybody in their places in order to make sure that their constituents were not going to move. So, and landlords are are now being demotivated from renovating their their buildings. It's creating a more hostile living environment in these I mean, rent stabilized apartments I think, I think than was the, the intention. The best example of this is uh, Peter Cooper Village mm-hmm. yeah. in town. They've completely stopped upgrading units. They're only doing maintenance on 11,000 apartments. You That's can't the blame largest, them. Largest real estate complex no, in the world. I wouldn't and, right? and now it's totally, it's probably, we're creating slums is what we're going to do. That's what it is, well, Sean. Because the, right, it's lost its value. Hold it, let's hold the thought for a minute. <laughs> I need to read something that's really exciting. Land Glide. Whether you're searching uh, county websites for par- parcel data or trying to find boundary lines, assessing property information 
while on-site can be a challenging process, but it doesn't have to be. Excuse me, my voice today. Introducing LandGlide, the most comprehensive parcel data mobile app out there. Using GPS technology to pinpoint your exact um, location on the map, you can access 150 million parcel records over in over 3,000 uh, counties, covering more than 90%, 95% of the U.S. population. Simply hover over the property to view owner, address, uh, acreage, uh, boundaries, parcel ID, sale price, school district, and more, putting all the property information you need right at your fingertips. If you find yourself without network accessibility out in the field, you can still access partial data using LandGlide's uh, offline mode. Download the app and try it uh, this week for free by visiting LandGlide.com slash Vince. That's LandGlide property data, fast, accurate, and everywhere. And we will be right back after these messages. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Right, as far as security uh, deposits are concerned, I mean, there's a whole bunch of reasons why, you know, uh, landlords are upset about this, and for good reason. So, you know, what happens if the apartment is trashed so significantly over and how, above the secure the one month security deposit way over and above the one month security deposit and oh by the way you know if he needs to give the security deposit back and and take any money out of it for whatever reason he's got to really itemize this and document mm-hmm. this um, you know completely let's not forget 14 days and in 14 days so, by law you used to have 60 days to refund it now it's 14 yeah. you know so you know it's almost like how how do landlords even stay in business? Forget about needing to renovate. You said something, Adam, during the commercial break about renovations. I mean, how do they improve the apartments when they really don't have the luxury of collecting what they should be collecting on a monthly basis from all of these? Some units, of those depending. smaller players are going to go out of business without a doubt. Yeah, Some I mean, the smaller, smaller guys are getting killed. And we're starting to see this, like people that's kind of business practice was to build, stabilize, and then 
you know, convert to market rate, you know, through improvements and other aspects, sure. their business model has changed, right? The, the, yeah. the legislature has changed their business model. Um, what I'm interested in is, you know, as renovations stop and as people stop kind of improving the lives of, of New Yorkers, what's going to happen with these landlords as they start warehousing apartments? And what is that going to mean for the market rate aspects of, of apartments? Explain for the listeners the warehousing aspect of uh, the apartments. So if, if landlords are no longer able to go in and make renovations to improve the value of that asset um, and then increase the value of the rent that can continue to grow, uh, they're going to just stop making any leasehold improvements into the into the asset, and therefore they just won't rent it. It will just sit there and va- and be vacant, um, which will therefore hurt the market. It was a six percent increase know. that they were previously allowed to increase the rent annually if they made improvements. Now it's capped at two percent. Mm. So I mean, you're going to start to see a lot of that, and uh, I mean. I mean, I don't know if any of you guys have been in Stytown recently. I know I'm sure a few of you guys yes. have because you guys are, are brokers. Um, I spent some time in Peter Cooper Village in Stytown. Uh, they're one of our partners, and I spent some time there uh, over the last month. And I couldn't believe the renovations they had done over the last five years. It's really I mean, condo-level finishes, I mean, high quality. High-end yeah, finishes. Beautiful stuff. Very nice layouts. I mean, complete gut layouts that are very, very nice. And you know what? That that will that is going to completely end, and and maintaining that is going to be is going to be tough too. Well, look, like like everything else in life, and, and certainly in New York City, you get what you pay for. So you know, I see both sides of this uh, coin struggling. Okay, the landlords can't give better quality, can't give better you know uh, existence in an apartment, and the and the the renters really are struggling if they can't afford the rent, and maybe they shouldn't be living here in the city. So, you know, I attended the rally um, back in, I guess it was mm-hmm. June, yeah. with regard to potentially capping our rental commissions to one month, which would be tragic from a from a broker you know perspective. Sure. But it but it's also sending a message out there, I think, an incorrect message out there to all of the renters because now you're sort of empowering them to say, you know, we have the upper hand here, you know, it's really all about us and not about anybody else. Well, there's good and bad to that, you know, just like there's good and bad to, you know, the the, the, the hierarchy who made these decisions. But we really need to start thinking about how this affects overall the marketplace in the long term. We are here in this business to make money. We're not here to just, true. you know, throw so, money out the window. As they By said, th- brokers are tenants too. You know, we're exactly. We, how are you going to finance your own lease or mortgage? Sure. And by the way, can you imagine a one-month rental commission having to split with a co-broker? No. I mean, it's no. kind of like, already want to do the work? It's, it's already too competitive. The um, interesting thing... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I wanted to quickly add in, you know, part of that law tries to, you know, they want to protect the tenants. They want to keep them a maximum of two months. But at the end of the day, if they're needed a guarantor service now, they're providing one month security, first month's rent, they also have to pay the broker's fee one, one mm-hmm. month. But then now they're giving it one month to the guarantor. So at the right. end of the day, it's... You, is it really helping them? Is, is it, it really, really achieving them, the goal really that they... Or are in circles, but spelling in a different language? Well, the, it, well it's not. At the, at the end of the day, like it comes down to the landlords. The landlords or the owner or the manager has to feel comfortable with the business that they're in. And there's risk in that business, especially here in New York. This isn't a... This, isn't a, this is one of the most tenant-friendly states and mm-hmm. cities in the world, you know, they don't already it, before this, change already before this change. Right? And now we, we're still TBD to see what it's, what it's going to be. But at the same time, this is, this is 
a big difference than looking at Florida or looking at, you know, Texas. In right. 30 days, a sheriff comes to your house, takes your stuff, puts it on the curb, and then changes your lock. That doesn't happen that here in New York. And, and is it against the law to happen? And Adam, it's it, interesting. It, it would be too much to do here. It's way too much. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ben. Um, <laughs> just to what you said about Florida. I'm also a Florida broker, as a lot of you know. And um, it is like Florida, like New Jersey, like upstate New York, which is anywhere outside of New York. Like most states other than New York, most places other than New York City in the U.S., the landlord pays the fee. So it's, you know, often, of course, that's built into the rent that you're paying, but there would not even be that debate if this were anywhere else. I don't actually know the origin of why we started in the city where the broker, where the tenant paid, but, you know, they're obviously the owner paid out there, but that does make a difference too. It makes all the difference. Let's talk about broker charges for application fees, credit checks, and background checks. I mean, you know, I think something to do with uh, $20 for credit or background checks when, you know, not too long ago, just before this law changed, no. you know, you're talking almost $100 and for And for a co-op or a condo, that is going to affect the property management because they could sometimes charge $150, $200. And that was, you know, kind of built in for their time. And so where is the property manager going to get the makeup on, where that, do you think on that income or on that a, revenue? I have rent? a question. So co-op technically is a lease you're, while well, you're buying the stock and lease. What? I was just going to bring Dude, this up. So I have a I have a deal going on right now. Uh, we have a contract out, and these guys do not want to pay like a $650 background mm-hmm. check uh, for a co-op. You know, it's, it's a cheap co-op. $650. They're not allowed to. This is I for mean, an acquisition yeah, they, or this is I mean, for a yeah. they're, they're, buying, they're just uh, buying one unit. Uh, it's just a studio. By this law, they don't have to, right? Wait, that doesn't oh, wait, apply. This is a buy? No, this is, this is a purchase. That should not apply to that. It technically, it's a lease, though. But, you know, there's, there's, there's a goal. fine line behind, besides, uh, you know, behind a shareholder's agreement, purchasing shares in a corporation, and then a proprietary lease. So the wording of that, and one thing I've, you know, just through research of trying to figure out the potential gray areas of the law, it really is up to the judge's interpretation of the law when presented in front of him. So it kind of goes mm-hmm. back to the situation of you kind of just got to wait and see what happens with I've some of these cases. I've seen two interpretations of that go both different ways. So I, I'm not going to say one or the other. And until you know, some of the governing bodies, whether that be Rebney or Albany or something like that, comes out and d- defines the exact example, I don't think anyone has the answer to no. that. But Sean, well, that think, was a purchase, and so, but it's clear with a rental with a co-op or condo, they're limited to that, correct? But I think yeah, they are. Move in, move out. All those yeah. fees are now gone. But it's to so your crazy. point, Adam, and, and uh, actually to Tracy's point, you know, before, you know, she said that no one really in real estate hierarchy here got involved. The governor just signed this bill and put it out there, maybe not even reading it, maybe not even understanding what it's about sure. because of all of the, the council people you know, in front of him telling him, you must do this, you must do this. Someone who's been a real estate agent for one year could have given feedback and insight that would have I been mean, helpful. You don't need to be super experienced to have been able to say this is a bad 100%, idea. 100%. And that's the point. So you know, we're, we're hoping that Revney's going to get involved. I completely, <laughs> seriously doubt it. Please, please, please put our dues to good use, Revney. I got a little inside background info on Revney's involvement. Redney has not been into the New York State Legislative Offices in Albany all year long. Correct. What? They haven't even. Neither have they, we. They haven't. They have not even okay. visited. What this guy, John Banks. But that is what resigned, we pay them for. Yeah, exactly. And right. we, we got smacked with these rent laws um, and these, uh, you know, new mansion taxes. This is taxes. a this is a fact, Sean, that they uh, haven't. Yeah, that's so crazy. Basically, they laid down for these guys. And I was at a hmm. I was at a uh, college graduation for Baruch uh, a couple weeks ago and Eric Johnson and Chuck Schumer spoke and it's not good these guys are in, in control of what's going on here and <laughs> Eric Johnson I mean Eric Johnson is like borderline communist and yes that guy is weird. it's blatant overreach it's blatant overreach wow. by the government 
it's going to great for young minds that are graduating to be exposed to that thing with like regulation is going to be there's going to be these negative effects that you know they maybe they know are going to happen but it's really sad well leap easy will benefit yeah i mean look (laughs) i I, I actually believe that i believe that this is going to be here for a while i don't think it's going to change anytime soon there'll be it'll be caught up in courts for a while but at the same time the business still has to go on. People, are, we're in peak rental season right now. Landlords that would that would never talk to a third-party guarantor service like us are now considering it because they don't really have any options and they still need to protect their asset. So, you know, at the same time, although right now the product is kind of, it, it's an access product for the renter, in the future, this will become a standardized product. This will be a product that will be built into the rent. The landlords can ensure their rent roll. They can understand specifically what the risks and what the risks and how they underwrite to it. And they can go back to managing their apartments, right? Instead of underwriting consumers, making decisions on whether or not this is good risk or not. And it, be, it becomes a normalized product. And I think that's kind of the evolution. We're even seeing evolution in our space uh, as it's kind of changing. But at the same time, Look, I think it took something like this for landlords to understand that there is a real need for um, the ability to understand what the future renter looks like. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a generational landlord uh, you know, process where it's been handed down, a portfolio has been handed down for three generations and we're going to do it just like my grandfather did it. The, the, con- the business has changed, mm-hmm. the consumer has changed, mm-hmm. and we need to start adapting and using technology to and the laws embrace have changed. that. And the laws have changed. <laughs> Might as well throw that in there as well. <laughs> well you said. know, listen, well every, yeah, but, but he's right. I mean, everything has completely changed. And it seems like, you know, um, as Sean said earlier, I mean, it, it's changed recently, rapidly, and who knows where, you know, we go in the future. I mean, I really have no clue. None of us do. But at the end of the day, people say to me, how do I make it better? How do I make it work? I don't know. But I can tell you, hot off the press is Realogy Holdings Corp., the largest full-service residential real estate services company in the U.S., yesterday announced in collaboration with Amazon the launch of Turnkey, a new home buying program that simplifies Mm. the process of finding and settling into a new home, now available in 15 U.S. cities, Turnkey combines Realogy's real estate expertise across its well-known and trusted brands, including Better Homes and Garden, Real Estate, uh, Better Homes and Garden Real Estate, Century Twenty One, Coldwell Banker, and Sotheby's International Realty. With the ease and convenience of Amazon's home services and smart home products, buy a home and get ho- Amazon Home products. I mean, isn't that genius? Have we heard of this before? Yeah, I believe they get like a. I believe they get like some kind of promotional uh, amount. To use for Amazon products, which is great. I mean, it, it's good for both parties, right? It, Buy a house, get a discount. So, the, 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 right. so if you've been tracking Realogy's stock price for the last month <laughs> or two, it's it's dropped down to uh, price of about a nice cup of coffee, and it has these guys revenues are down. This is a good deal. I mean, I think it's good. It's a it's a cool program. I I kind of admire the effort, but from what I understand. The, it's all paid for out of Realogy's commissions. Interesting. So you're getting your home move-in package. You're getting, you know, all your smart products from Amazon, your Alexa, your your door lock, and yeah. all that stuff. Realogy's actually just going to pay that out of their commissions. So, does um, it make a difference to the consumer? 
I think it would make a difference to the stockholder, though. So I, I think, think those so. margins yeah. are going to go down <laughs> even further for Realogy, uh, even though I do think it's an exciting thing. And uh, I think this is where the business should be going. But how, how are they going to make any money if they're forfeiting all their commission for all these uh, perks? Right. Well, so the, the margins were already as he down. said, revenues are down, and so their stock is down. All right, we got to leave it there, everyone. Stand by. We're live from Smash Studios here in Hudson Yards in New York City. This is Good Morning New York. We will continue on the other side of the break, so don't go away. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders, so you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Okay, everybody, we are back, and we're here with Sean McPeak from Halstead, Tracy Hammersley from Douglas Elliman, Ryan Salinger from Leap, uh, Adam Mesico. Do I say that right? No, it's Mesico. Mesico, there you go, from Leap. And Brandon from uh, Elegrin Real Estate. So here we go. Listen, some facts at the top of the show here, uh, top of the uh, segment here. Weekly asking price sales volume, $78 million, $70.565 million. Average asking price, this this one surprised me, $7,856,000. Medium uh, asking price, $6 million. Average discount from me. Here's another one that surprised me. Average discount off of the last listing price, 19%. Average. Wow. Wow. That floored me. Yeah, but that's also Um, taking into consideration inflating from the higher 
you know, the higher market, the higher luxury market. You know, you have well, a huge drop like that. That's going to take place and cause a huge Yeah, but this is off of the last listing price, though. That's So uh, it might have dropped, you know, yeah. over time, but that's the last listing. And the last one is the average days on the market, 590. Wow. That's a lot of conversations about renewing your exclusive. A lot. <sighs> yes, it is. And so that's that's according to the Olshan report, so which I read every Monday morning. I, can't, I find it really <laughs> um, fascinating, some of these numbers. Anyway, let's It doesn't surprise me, though. I mean, it sounds right, given what we're experiencing, so- it, right? It yeah. sounds very right. Yeah, right. Well, I was actually at a, like a symposium with uh, Donna speaking uh, last week. She's great. West. Yeah, you are everywhere, Sean. Graduation. Spider-Man. <laughs> All right, so here's the fun stuff. New Yorkers, okay? We New Yorkers have a reputation for being generally unfriendly. New York City consistently tops the list of cities with the rudest people, but we are also considered the most stylish, okay? To uncover how much truth there is in this perception, Street Easy asked a representative set of New Yorkers across the five boroughs. We're trusting Street Easy with this one. Is this where Uh this is coming from? A few simple questions to figure out how neighborly they are or are aren't okay <laughs> i think it, it depends what block you walk down <laughs> i so, take issue with this I uh, wait a minute wait a minute you, so it turns out well, the wait, ste- wait for it turns out the stereotype of the grumpy new yorker doesn't prove true among those who share buildings and neighborhoods and especially not among new yorkers who own their homes so i'm asking all of you which way did the vote go Yay or nay? New choo, Yorkers are so friendly. Choo. I consider myself so friendly, friendly and helpful. I think most Absolutely. New Yorkers are very friendly. Actually, we I disagree from the, the whole origin, Ryan. I don't know if you're with me on this. New York City people and people from North Carolina are actually viewed as the friendliest to strangers, out of towners, tourists, et cetera, and the most helpful. That that was a study that I had heard I from a few years ago, and I believe I always open for you if you're running late. Of course, you I will. consider that an act. Of I always say I, this. Absolutely. This is what I always say, especially to people from that I <laughs> meet you. out of the country that are not from New York. I say New Yorkers because they people say that they say that what's the stereotype? They're not not really friendly. I say New Yorkers are very friendly. We're just very self-absorbed. Or we're just more abrupt. Um, all right, but so so there are those of us from other you know southern states or homegrown friendliness. All right, so fast, carry we that move with fast. you. We don't want to be as slow. You know. Okay, well they right? see, so so keeping our own personal feelings out of this because okay. I also think that I'm friendly. I think that everybody I know is friendly. When I first moved here, it was lost. If I find myself in an unfamiliar borough, everyone could not be kinder and more helpful. I've never been told the wrong directions. Or But I want to yeah. understand, before I give you the real answer here, I want to really understand from take ourselves out of our own heads and, and kind sure. of imagine what, you know, people who think that we are unfriendly or rude or okay, sassy. Why may, do they, they say that? Is listen. it the tourists who come through Times Square and they get pushed and shoved or is in it just Midwest, the general? In the Midwest, they'll stop and wave and, 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 and smile and wave at you. We don't do that sort of thing. Sure. I think that's a fine You're example. You're not going to chat at someone else. other examples where someone tries to stop me and say, can I ask you a question? No, you can't ask me a question because you want money. I'm that just thinking. was a question. But I, I nod, I <laughs> nod a second question. Yes, and they ask me for directions. I stop. I will even carry them along the way. You'll carry them. You know what I'm saying? But like everyone's not... I, Everyone's very busy and is on a mission here, right? They're all that's that's the reality. We're because all survivors. Everyone's trying to survive the city. Correct. And but but elaborate on that. It's because we are a walking city. We don't get in our cars and listen to our music and drive to our office and then drive to the gym and then go home. We're walking. Yeah. We're doing battle every day. The observation yeah, so, is. As I was just going to say, the observation has been made that the only people that are really overweight and out of shape are the tourists here. Because New Yorkers, we are walking, we're running stairs. Yeah, listen, where, it takes you know, two and a half minutes to walk a block, four and a half to walk an avenue. The fact that I know that is a little <laughs> bit scary. And it's, it's ironic because if it's someone true. from New York City, you tell them you got to walk yeah, I mean, a mile or a quarter mile. That is, please. People but are on a mission. They're doing, they're doing something. But Won't in stop. general, 
people are fairly nice, right? Yeah. If you talk to them, they are fairly nice. They're not going to be fake nice. They're not going to walk down the street no, fake. and Very say authentic. good day. But at the same time, no, you know, what? if you need something or if, or if there's someone hurt, anytime I've ever seen an issue, someone gets hit, hit on a bicycle or someone's having an, uh, a medical emergency or, the st- so, or someone is looking for directions, yeah. there are always yeah, sure. New Yorkers there helping them. Because we are very proud of our city because it is unique and the best city, the city with a capital C in the world. And we are proud and we want to share that with anyone who's not from here. I have here. a quote here from Russell Baker. It says, New York is the only city in the world where you can get run down on the sidewalk by a pedestrian. And it's true. <laughs> and it's <laughs> not because it's me. It's because we... Texting, I love that. Well, well but that, but that I think, up. is the point. Go ahead. But texting and walking, I'm going to be honest with you. It really is becoming deadly. Yeah. A deadly situation. Deadly. I have yelled at someone who had their headphones in doing it. Uh, like Look out. Here comes the car. You're like you know, trying I'm to push them out of the way. Going from block to block, trying to get to the next show. Yeah. I get to where I'm going. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this person is walking two steps along, staring at their phone. Clark. And that's what it is, actually, Brent. You, you put your finger on it to answer. If the perception of New Yorkers as unfriendly is because we do just in time, everything in time and its measure. So if you are slowly jaywalking through Times mm-hmm. Square, ooh, la, la, and I'm going to give you flat tire because you have to get out of my way. <laughs> but I'll do it with a smile I and say, excuse me. I bumped into and phones hit me all and yes. all the time. I mean, it's just part of the routine. I kind of shrug it off. you know. And then people say, well, doesn't that, that, doesn't that annoy you? Well, you know what? I got over yeah. that being annoyed 30 years ago. So Correct. it is what it is. You got to walking through the crowd. Well, really I'm do. scared. So to, you go from left to right. You go diagonal lines. You, you walk in the through. bus lane. <laughs> two and a half minutes. Well, I get to a strict timeline. I'm not going to be late. Well, here's the thing. I'm frightened today <laughs> because it's going to be a torrentially rainy kind of day. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's going to have their Build umbrellas up. Uh, yeah. yeah. You got to wear the scenario. sunglasses because somebody who's shorter than you is going to poke you in the eye with their goddamn umbrella That's because true. they're not going to see you and not going to pay attention. The suspense is killing us. What were the results? Vince spends too much time in Midtown. No, I hate Midtown. Actually, New Yorkers are quite neighborly. Based on the survey, nearly a third, 31% of New York homeowners say they're close friends with some of their neighbors, while another 53% say they are at least cordial with them, you know, which is friendly. Uh, That is, they stop to chat occasionally outside their apartment buildings, you know, as they're coming and going. So it looks as if New York homeowners are at least as neighborly as those in other cities around the nation, if not even a little more. So the reputation based on all of your commentary is we're good. And I think those who we know who, are New Yorkers, but no, I think we do, I think we're sure. I think we're sassy, and I think like you know Brandon review. said that before. You know, we're we're, kind of, we're, we're actually it was Ryan. We're we're focused. You know, we're we're walking because we're not driving, and we're we're thinking about the next meeting. We're thinking about sure. how long it's going to take to get there. Should I take the train? Should I take a taxi? What about this and what about That's that? True. I don't think it's because we're not nice. You people. might be caught off guard if someone interrupts you to ask for directions, but no, then when you understand listen, what they're looking for, you correct. want to help. When it comes Absolutely. down to, we're busy. Yeah. You know, we're all we're, making money. We're trying to live. We're trying to survive. Right. And in real estate, oh, we're always a foot foot soldier, right? I mean, listen, the health you app walk on in, my you phone. You walk in, you work in. I check the health app on my phone every evening, uh, either before oh, yeah, or after much, dinner. Yeah, how, you see how, how much? Amount of walks that you, yes. That you how many take. miles I walk in a day? How many steps you I take in a day? That's why you're so fit. Who needs all this Fitbit stuff when you got it right on your phone, right? It's 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 a good thing to have. Six point two miles yesterday, and I didn't even have any crazy yeah. appointments. Just uh, the normal course of life. Just the normal um, course yeah. of life. Just the city making you sweat. Exactly. Yeah. Well, You've seen that, it. <laughs> that, that's going to happen today. So 
again, bottom line is we are friendly. Uh, we are not as sassy <laughs> as people out there in the hinterlands think we are. I mean, we are sassy. Hopefully Definitely we're sassy, but we can still be nice. When does not well, you know, they, negate they, the other? There's a New York sassy that we all understand as yes. New Yorkers, but the people out there who think that we're sassy have a, take that to a whole different level. Yeah. I take pleasure way, in being able to be like a New York ambassador and to anyone from out of town to have them say, oh my gosh, thank you so much for helping me. You're so much friendlier than well, I thought. Like, We'll end it on this note, okay? I love being sassy. I ain't changing that for anybody. <laughs> Don't and change you either got to know me to love me or you're not going to know me at all. That is it Amen. for this morning. Thank you for joining us. You can follow me on Twitter, on Facebook, Thank and you, on Vince. Instagram, at Vince Rocco. Shoot for the moon, everyone. Even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. Don't forget that. Be kind, please, to one another. And for all of us at Voice Especially America, tourists. all around the world, thanks for joining us, and I will see you next time. Thanks, Vince. Thanks, Goodbye, Vince. everybody. Thanks, Thank you all. Love and Vince strong. I don't want to Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones.